Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, top Lincoln dealers face a $900,000 bill to sell EVs. BMW and Amazon collaborate on vehicle data software. And Toyota offers a 10-year free trial on connected safety services. Plus, we'll look at the key takeaways of a new report that says dealership F&I offices are doing surprisingly well in 2022. There's still really solid appetite from the consumer for a lot of the different F&I programs. It really hadn't fallen off as much as we thought it might. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Lincoln says its dealers will have to invest up to $900,000 on chargers and other upgrades in order to sell the brand's EVs. The cost is more than quadruple what rival Cadillac is mandating from its dealers, and the bill comes after Lincoln had persuaded dozens of its dealers to spend millions of dollars building glass-walled standalone showrooms. The new spending will mainly cover installation of EV chargers for public use, as well as in-house sales and service needs. The move is part of a broader pivot for Lincoln that includes a greater emphasis on remote experiences, a reimagined online sales platform, and implementation of no-haggle pricing. Most Lincoln dealers also have Ford brand stores, which are required to make more than a million dollars in upgrades to sell unlimited EVs. Stores must have separate chargers for the two brands, so that means a dealer that sells both might have to spend more than $2 million to sell EVs beyond next year. It's been a week of tech collaborations for BMW. Yesterday, we talked about the automaker's foray into on-the-go gaming with Air Console. Now, BMW is teaming up with Amazon Web Services to create cloud software to deliver and manage data generated by connected vehicles. The software is designed to aggregate vehicle data from multiple sources in order to speed up development of features and enhance software lifecycle management. Amazon says the software will also provide after-sale vehicle and driver personalization features via over-the-air updates. Speaking of connected car tech, Toyota is trying to use its service as an incentive for consumers. The automaker recently announced that it would begin offering 10-year free trial periods for its core Safety Connect and Service Connect systems. That will begin with 2023 Toyota and Lexus models, as well as some 2022 Toyota Tundras equipped with the automaker's new infotainment systems. The trial periods mean that human-assisted services, including automatic collision notification, stolen vehicle location, vehicle service and health alerts, and emergency roadside assistance will be delivered free of charge for at least a decade. That's even if the vehicle changes owners. And it comes just a few months after GM began charging a mandatory one-time $1,500 subscription fee for three years of its similar OnStar service in certain vehicles. Toyota's push-button service has been free for a year or more, then subject to a subscription plan. And the U.S. unit of Stellantis will pay more than $5.5 million to resolve a California investigation into violations of air quality regulations. The California Air Resources Board says the 30,000 vehicles involved in the settlement include 2012 through 2018 model year Ram 1500, Jeep Grand Cherokee, and Dodge Durango vehicles that were equipped with 5.7 liter gasoline engines and did not comply with certification emission standards. The automaker will pay a $2.8 million civil penalty 
and then the same amount to bring more electric buses to schools in the South Coast Air Basin. The state says Stellantis cooperated with the investigation into the emissions issue, which was discovered during state testing. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Lincoln wants dealers to shell out a lot of money in order to sell EVs. Do you think this move is something that would make some dealers hesitant to EV adoption? Yeah, it could end up thinning the ranks of Lincoln's dealers. We'll have to see how it plays out. But out of the 650 or so Lincoln dealers in the U.S., about 400 of them sell only about 10% of the total volume. Those dealers don't have to invest quite as much, more like $500,000. But if you're not getting a lot of throughput, half a million dollars is a, a lot of money to put in. We'll see how many choose to make the commitment to EVs. Interesting. Coming up, vehicle service contracts, gap coverage, and appearance protection are among the most popular F&I products in 2022, according to a new report. We'll hear more of the key takeaways next on Daily Drive. Hi, I'm Pete Bigelow, host of Shift, a podcast about mobility from Automotive News. Each week, I bring you a conversation with leaders who are on the cutting edge of transportation, like this one with consultant and strategist Salika Josiah Talbot. The technologists are forcing themselves in a space that they shouldn't be. And I think the social scientists and politicians are falling down on the job. To hear more about the new technology and policy reshaping the way people and goods move around, join me on Shift. New episodes each Sunday on autonews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Dealerships F&I business has grown over the year compared with 2021, according to a new industry report. A majority of dealers told F&I program provider Protective Asset Protection that business was up as much as 10%. Tire and wheel protection and vehicle service contracts are among the most popular with consumers, and there is cautious optimism about growth of F&I products in the EV sector. Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine spoke with Travis Wools, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Protective Asset Protection. Here's their conversation. Travis, thanks for joining us again on the F&I Friday of uh, Daily Drive. Well, thanks, Dan. It's always great to be here. So uh, in early October, uh, Protective Asset Protection uh, released its third F&I industry report, which kind of looks at the trends and insights shaping the industry. So what were kind of some of the key product trends that uh, were, were found in this report? We're always excited when we're able to finalize the report and get it out to the industry. It's it's something that we believe strongly in, and we really hope that you know everyone from dealers to agents that that represent pro different product lines, and as well as folks that uh, work in the F and I office, find value in it. You know, this year, much like everything else that touches the the retail uh, side of the business, you know, there's there's just a lot of uncertainty. But what we found. Um, really across a lot of the product categories is there's still one really uh, solid appetite from the consumer for a lot of the different F&I programs. Uh, it really hadn't fallen off as much as we thought it might uh, over you know, the course of um, the uh, inventory challenges, the, the increasing interest rates, and, and just the, the higher retail prices. So I think that's something for, for dealers and, and F&I managers to take into account is there's really uh, a continued desire there to, for um, consumers to be educated about what the value is for a lot of these different programs. And I think the second piece was we really found that there's a continuing growth amongst a number of different product lines. So certainly, you know, vehicle service contracts and, and the gap, the guaranteed asset protection product lines, you know, remain sort of the um, 
the, the tent poles of, of most FNI programs. But there's also, you know, a great deal of importance uh, in the consumer's mindset, as well as the dealers in these appearance products, making sure that they can, you know, maintain the the the, uh, the value and the look of, of the vehicular investment. So I think those are places that you want to make sure that you're, you're well invested in the right programs. They're going to be uh, you know, well received by your customer. And do you think that because of vehicle shortage, uh, inventory shortages, people are hanging, are going to hang on. I think maybe they're planning to hang on to their vehicles a little bit longer. So this maybe will come in where a protection plan or some kind of protection product would be appealing to a lot of new buyers. I think so. And, you know, beyond just what we learn in the uh, statistical or, or, or the quantitative part of the report, we, we also learned through the qualitative side when we talked to both our existing dealers as well as uh, those that represent us out there in the field. And, you know, we're, we're hearing things very much like that, Dan, as the consumer's coming in and they're thinking a little bit more long term. We, we know that the average age of the, uh, you know, the vehicle on the road continues to creep up a bit. So I think being as they're, they're, they're likely in a position where they're going to have to pay a bit more for the vehicle, uh, there's a thought that they're going to be holding on to it for a bit longer. So they're really interested in how they can think about managing it and protecting it for the longer term, which, which just makes sense. And I think the study gave some insight into maybe the outlook uh, of F&I products being used by dealerships for the balance of the year. Anything shifting very much there? What's kind of the outlook uh, for the balance of uh, 2022? Yeah, I think for the bounce of 2022 and, and even kind of going into next year with, with you know, let, let's be honest, a certain amount of uncertainty or at least, you know, uh, unknowns about exactly what kind of headwinds we'll be looking at, particularly from the impact to the retail side of dealers businesses. Um, I think what we're seeing is make sure you have a well-rounded, fairly robust F&I program that's got a good mix of products to offer to customers because it's going to vary. It's going to vary by the obviously the type of consumer they are and what's important to them, of course. But it's also going to vary on, you know, where they are in the type of uh, retail purchase they're looking at, whether it be, you know, the, the higher mileage used, the lower mileage used, um, or, you know, making that that leap to the EV, which, you know, we we've, we talk about EVs plenty nowadays, but, you know, there's still a lot of folks there that are just now considering the conversion over to that. So whenever you're looking at, as a dealer or um, say you have it, you're, you work for an agency that represents uh, F&I products for dealers. I really think the one thing you want to look at is think about, do I really have sort of everything covered so I can build out a, a portfolio offering to, to my customers at the point of sale, whether that be online or in person, that really is going to give them the options they're likely looking for? Because I think that's what, at the end, that's what the consumer's telling us, that they just want to make sure they have all the options covered. And you mentioned EVs, and there wouldn't, this wouldn't be a daily drive podcast without a, some kind of discussion on EVs. Uh, What's the growth opportunity there? And would something like a like a charging system, a home charging system, be something that an F and I could be part of an F and I package at some point, or maybe maybe already is in some in some F and I offices? Yeah, you know, it's that's that's a really interesting question. And I tell you, I, I sometimes I feel like I, I wake up in the middle of the night just screaming, you know, EVs, charging ports, things like that, because we spend so much time thinking about it. But which we should, because no matter where you stand on how long the conversion is going to take, it, it is going to happen. And I think you have to think about it that way. So something that we do, and I can just talk, you know, in, in perspective of how protective things about these things is one, we want to make sure that we're we're building out, you know, say a service contract programs that's got the options for EV, hybrid, and other alternative powertrain coverages that can be built in, and we have that in many of our programs. But to your point, you know, what's what's the future and in in, in that look like? And I know we spend a lot of time 
really going out there into the industry, seeing what these at-home charging systems look like. And, uh, you know, I just got a report back from one of the folks on my team that was uh, down in Miami this past weekend attending a show that was all about uh, electrifying mobility. And it was really interesting to hear about what he saw there. And there's some really great, interesting products that, you know, for one, that we're looking at, okay, what what should we provide for the consumer, for the dealer's customer in terms of like that that at-home charging station? And the fact of the matter is we're going to have to f- figure out something in, in the not-too-distant future. But at this point in time, you know, as he interviewed some of the consumers that were there at the show, they're like, boy, that sounds great. But my Lord, look at the price tag that it that I have on top of buying the vehicle to install it in my home. So there's still a lot of barriers to entry that we got to get past first. You mentioned a little bit earlier about headwinds. What do you kind of see as some specific market challenges uh, that F&I providers, product providers will face in 2023? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's going to be what what we're all just going to face from the retail category. You know, we'll we'll see where things end up. You know, I, I, I for one, don't get too wrapped up in, are we in a recession? Is there going to be technically a recession? You know, what are we going to call it? You know, how deep is it going to be? I, I think we obviously know that there's just challenges that we'll have to face. You know, the, the inventory challenges will will continue to a certain extent and, we'll, and dealers will have to manage that. There's obviously going to be some impacts from inflation. So folks are going to be in a tough spot when they need to borrow money to purchase a vehicle. Um, they're going to have to think about how they, they finance that. So when we think specifically about the impact F&I, I think you just have to think about how you can lead a customer down the path to get them the best ownership experience they can for really you know, what's going to work with their often wallet, because they're going to have to consider what they need and how long they want to, they want to finance and, and what can be rolled into the financing. So fortunately, many F&I products work well rolling into financing with most lenders, uh, and it's a very familiar way to go. So I think there's a way to help the, the customer at the point of sale when they're, when they're going through the retail process, see, see the benefit uh, and see a way to get them that coverage that obviously from what we're seeing from their acceptance rate that they actually want. Finally, when we talk about you know challenges, there are always with challenges come opportunities. Are there some products out there that could be growth opportunities for uh, F&I folks uh, in the coming year? Yeah, I, th- I think there are. Uh, you know, I think there's across all the all the different product lines. I think there's opportunity, but I think it's maybe um, thinking about how you know at the point of sale how you present those products. So first, you know, digital. Make sure you're thinking about how you're putting the benefits of these programs up in front of the consumer earlier in the buying and research process, I think that's going to help you have greater acceptance rates uh, further on when you get to the point of purchase. I think that's a big one. I think the other thing is, uh, along with making sure you have a fully robust product offering, I think it's it's making sure that you also look at different ways in which your customers in different areas of the country might respond to what we often call bundling or the packaging of those products. So it might be more effective to think, you know, if you're kind of uh, in, in a more northern part of the country and you've got, you know, more considerations there from a lot of weather changes about what type of appearance products you, you make available and can you package them together to to help that be more attractive and, and more appealing and more understandable to your to your customers. So I think those are a couple places you can look and I think those will be helpful for dealers as they as they look down to the road, especially into next year. That's great. Travis, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the conversation. Thanks, Dan. Always appreciate it. Travis Wolves is Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Protective Asset Protection. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. 
You can get the latest news on finance and insurance, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a conversation from this year's Digital Dealer Conference in Las Vegas about what some dealership leaders say they're looking for when it comes to new retail technology. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.